So good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, I want to apologize before we start because uh, for the last 10 days or so, I've been fighting one of those uh, upper respiratory cough till I can't breathe run-of-the-mill viruses. Uh, that's uh, It's got me pretty bad, but I look out here this morning and nothing warms the heart of the pastor more than to look out on a 31 degree Sunday morning and see nothing but die hard. I don't care. The cold never bothered me anyway. Onward Christian soldiers in the house. Amen. So <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I know you're here to receive the word that God would have for you. So if you would open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. And while you're doing that, Pastor Bob Ingram, who was on staff here for so long, so fond of quoting Charles Spurgeon, I thought this morning as we look at, again, another issue of spiritual warfare, as we continue on through our list of the armor of God that we are going to be strapping on today once again, I wanted to share this quote with you. While Satan sought to destroy the living tree, trying to uproot it, he has only been like the gardener, digging with his spade and loosening the earth to help the roots to spread themselves. And when he has been with his axe, seeking to lop the Lord's trees and mar their beauty, what has he been, after all, but a pruning knife in the hand of God to take away the branches that do not bear fruit and purge those that do bear some, that they might bring forth more fruit indeed. That is from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And uh, a great quote for all of us. We know that the work that goes on in our lives is God's work. As long as we are submitting to him and surrendering our lives to him, uh, he is going to be faithful to us. So this morning we're continuing on. I'm just going to take and read the passage again. We'll read it every week until either you have it memorized or you're sick of hearing it. But we're going to talk again about this passage where Paul gets to the end of his letter to the church at Ephesus, this great church, and uh, all the great doctrines that he has talked about. And uh, then he comes to this, and he says, Finally... In verse 10, be strong in the Lord, in the Lord, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, in light of that fact, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist and with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Would you pray with me? Lord, this morning we come before you. And we ask, Father, that you would take your word and rightly divide it into our hearts that we might receive what you have for us individually, Lord. For everyone here walks their own journey with you. We come together in corporate worship, Lord. We come together to hear your word together, Lord. But the bottom line is each and every one of us walk our journey with you. And we pray that this morning we will have laid hold of the promise of 1 John 1, 9, that we would have confessed our sin, that we would be walking in the righteousness that only that you can give to us, that we might hear from your Holy Spirit 
on this day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. I'm going to have to take several drinks of water. Y'all just bear with me. So, this morning, we're going to talk about the shield of faith. The shield of faith that attaches to the belt of truth. And let's just go back and review very quickly what this is all about. We talked the first week about the belt of truth. This is the word of God. It is the only visible piece of armor that you and I have in our hands today. But it is everything that can be known about God and will be known about God should we decide that we want to learn that. And everything else of this armor of God attaches to this belt of truth. So where you have the word, you have the truth. Where you do not have the word of God in your life and you do not have the truth, then everything else is going to fall away from you. And the second week we talked about the breastplate of righteousness. And Scripture tells us that our righteousness is like filthy rags. And yet the righteousness of Jesus Christ, when we are put on His righteousness, and the way that God sees us and the way that we live as light in this world, light drives out the darkness. And then last week, Pastor Lyle talked to you about the gospel, the sandals of the gospel, the readiness of that, and what those sandals were all about. And I hope you listen carefully about the greaves, and they were made of iron woven around the, the upper legs down to the top of the sandals, and how that protected the soldier as he was going through difficult territory, marching into battle. And then those spikes that were on the bottom of those sandals, every one of those spikes representing some truth of God that we could take into our hearts and our minds as we march forward. And he said, stand, stand again, and stand Stand firm every time talking about as the enemy came against them and the soldiers would plant those spikes down in the ground. I listened to Pastor Lyle carefully talking about that, that they would not be able to push you back, but yet you would stand firm on the truth of God and, and with that gospel in your heart, that good news that God created us and our sin separated us, that sin can't be overcome by anything that we do. A price had to be paid so that everyone could have life eternal. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we stand firm on. And then, I love that part that he said last week, when we start marching forward, after the enemy has fallen in front of us, those spikes serve a purpose in battle, to crush the enemy underneath our feet and then to move forward. And so today we're going to talk about the shield of faith which is attached. And Scripture says in Romans ten seventeen, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message the belt of truth and the message is heard through the word of christ again where there is no word there is no faith and where there is no faith it's because the word of god is absent if you come to this church any time at all should be the first sunday you're ever here you're going to hear about the importance of the word of god in your life and how critical it is that you spend time with god in his word on a daily basis now, there were two types of shields that the Roman soldier wore, two, two that he used. One was called the aspis, and it was a small, round shield, more of what you kind of visualize as marching through the streets, and it was a decorative piece of equipment. It wasn't all that functional, but it looked really good when they went walking through the streets, you know, all together in formation. Whoom, 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 whoom. You've seen the movies, and they come walking in, and they got that shield on there, and it's all pretty and everything, but the bottom line is it wasn't very useful. The second shield, the one that they used in battle, was from a Greek word called the thuros, and it literally means door. It was two feet wide by four feet tall. Now, first off, I don't think I ever would have qualified to be a Roman soldier. I've been looking at all this equipment they carry. They got a helmet that weighed like 15 pounds. They got this shield. I don't know what this weighs, but it's a bad boy, two by four that they got to carry around. And I'm also thinking they had to be in pretty good shape, and that belt had to be tied securely around their waist because everything clipped on their, clipped on their belt, right? So 
I thought, I was reading, thought, well, maybe they was all fat bottom boys because that belt would just fall down on a skinny feller, but I don't know. I mean, they just, all this belt, they had hooked on there, and everything had to be tied secure, and this shield clipped on there, but it was a door, literally, and this is going to be important as we talk today about its function, especially as it relates to the devil and the way that he comes to us. The, clip, the, the shield had clips on both sides of it, and you'll see the importance of that, not that it attached to the belt in that way, but that it was in community with the other believers, with the other soldiers, in our case it would be believers, the other soldiers as they marched into battle. This shield was composed of, composed of multiple layers of thick animal hide that were tightly woven together. Usually six layers of skins were specially tanned, and then they were woven together, and according to the history books, became just about as strong as steel. Your shield of faith is designed by God Almighty to give you protection and all the protection that we need in the war with this enemy of ours. So it was made of leather, and it required care. The shield become, could become stiff and brittle and breakable if it, wasn't, if it wasn't cared for every single day. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul. He's watching these soldiers every day. He's seeing how they do this, and God, through the Holy Spirit, is giving him this analogy for all of us to understand today about what it means to have these pieces of equipment and then even how to care for them. Soldiers had a daily schedule in which the first thing they did when they got up in the morning after they ate their breakfast and whatnot was to oil the surface of their shields. They would rub a heavy ointment of oil into the leather portion of the shield to keep it soft and to keep it pliable. To ignore that daily application was inviting certain death, and you'll understand why. If not applied, the thing would become again dry. It would crack under pressure, and it would fall to pieces. That shield is representative of our faith, each and every one of us, and it requires frequent oil anointings, oil representing what in the Bible? The Holy Spirit of God. So we must have that daily infilling of God's Holy Spirit. Without a fresh touch of the Spirit, our faith, our shield can become that same way, become dry and become brittle. Faith that is ignored will almost always break under pressure and fall to pieces. Remember, we've given an illustration before when we've done study of Hebrews about the ship that is tied to the dock. And it is not the, the massive waves that cause the problem. If a ship is moored loosely, if it's tied loosely to the dock, the gentle lapping of the waves over time slowly, almost imperceptibly, move that ship, loosen it to where it gets farther and farther away, and finally the, the rope simply slides away, and, and you're out in the middle of open waters, and when you turn around for your faith, it's gone because you've spent no time with it. That's the life preserver Christian that cries out to God and just cries, oh, send me a buoy, send me something, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, when they have spent no time, or they wouldn't be in that position in the first place. This shield requires care. This shield requires your attention, just as surely as the Roman soldier took care of it. So always presume, always presume that your faith needs a fresh anointing. Your faith needs a fresh anointing. And the other thing that the Roman soldier did find very interesting, again, they had to be in such peak physical condition. Before they would go into battle, either overnight or in the morning hours before they would go into battle, they would submerge their shields in water. They would saturate them. They would have them become completely soaked. Why is it important? Because the enemy, when they were out there in the battlefield, the enemy was firing, was, was shooting off fiery arrows at them. We call them fiery darts in the word, 
but arrows that were, 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 could combust and, and, and fall upon them and cause everything to bust into flame. They had three different types of arrows. Now, you know, I'm a history buff, and I love this kind of stuff. If you get bored, I'm sorry. Just hang and bear with me for a minute. I really like it. It's good. They had, their, they had your regular arrow that they would just, uh, you know, dip down into the fiery stuff, and they'd shoot it. They had a plain arrow they would shoot. But they had an arrow. The third arrow that they had was a hollow-tubed arrow, and they would fill it with flammable liquid. And they would shoot that arrow. And you, if, you, if you've ever watched the 300, that movie about Sparta and all that, you see it, 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 the enemy just fires these arrows, and the, night just, the daytime just turns to night as the arrows come arching over. Then that's exactly what that would look like. But when the arrows, arrows hit them, they would burst, and this flammable liquid would go out over everything in sight. And if those shields had not been properly cared for, if those shields had not been submerged like that in the water the night before, then the, everything would catch on fire, and the enemy would do major, major damage. However, if they had soaked their shields in that water, and the arrow hit that, it just extinguished it. That's the same way with what the enemy is going to throw at you on a daily basis. And if you have soaked your shield, if you have saturated yourself and your faith in the Word of God, and sought that anointing from the Holy Spirit, which is so simple, and we get so worried about it sometimes and how we're going to use it. Say, Lord, fill me today. Fill me with your Spirit. Guide my thoughts. Direct my thoughts, Lord. Help me in everything that I do as I spend my time in the morning. Twelve years ago, we did this series, and I will never forget. We had, for weeks, we had people come up on the stage with us and talk about this. And that particular morning, Audra Huddleston, now Audra Nazari, uh, Miss Audra came up, and she was a young child then and not married and all that kind of thing, a single little girl. But she shared with us, as a, as a girl who had grown up without a father in the home, who was really dependent upon the men of this church family to help guide her and lift her up, and, and she calls many of you father figures in her life, I know. But Audra shared with us how she got up every day and she read her Bible, how she got up every day and she spent her time in prayer, and how she got up every day and sought God's leading in her life. Now, she's a young mother now, and I bet you that schedule has changed just a little bit because little baby Riggs, now he needs some attention, I'm sure, first thing in the morning. But I know that she hasn't given it up, and I know how important that was to her at the time. And to us, it is the same thing. It is always presumed that your faith needs that fresh anointing Scripture says, by the washing with water through the word, that in Ephesians 6, again, taking that shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one above all it says means out in front of everything and when the soldiers just like in that movie 300 it's a great example violent and bloody and all that i'm not recommending you kids watch it but i'm just saying they would the, all the soldiers got their shields and they clipped them together and they were down behind them and as almost as a wall they they moved forward until they found the position they wanted and then they planted and you can almost see those sandals boom boom putting that sandals of the gospel down straight into the ground and putting that shield in front of him, all one abreast of the other with all those shields. And they just made a massive wall so that when the enemy did that, there's a bunch said there about the community of the saints in this church, amen? There's a bunch said about life groups and living together in Christian harmony and unity and finding out and growing in our faith together. That's what it means. If you're not in a life group, you're missing out on being able to hook your shield up next to somebody else so that when the enemy fires at you, you've got soldiers all around you that are protecting you and walking with you on this journey that's what it means to have the shield of faith out in front of us it says taking the shield of faith it's picked up over and over and over again it is an active thing that we do 
We're not to be, you know, there's a reason we sing onward Christian soldiers marching as to war, right? We, we, we need to understand that we can't be passive about our faith. Too many, too many believers, I talked about it, the Sunday morning Christian, too many believers live with a passive faith. And they just wait to come on Sunday morning and have the pastor anoint their shield. It doesn't work that way. It will never work that way. Too many Christians have miscalculated the battle, misjudged the enemy, and walked into certain difficult, even death situations because they were unprepared. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy, By following them that you may fight the good fight, holding on to the faith and a good conscience. He says, Some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. Shipwrecked. You don't think about causing your own sinking but when we don't pay attention to our faith, when we don't seek God out on a daily basis, we don't spend time with the Lord. We are neglecting our faith and we risk certain shipwreck. You are to have faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts. By use of the feet of this shield, we take on the explosive dynamic power of God. God at work in our lives. It's not something that we do. Our faith goes in front of us. And God does so much work on our behalf. 1 Peter 1, 5 said, We are those who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So there's an unseen connection between the power of God and the operation of faith in your life. Those fiery darts that Satan most assuredly Every word in the Bible is about when it happens, not if it happens. It's about when it happens. So we know you're fooling yourself. If you say to yourself, that's not going to happen to me. That temptation is not going to come my way. It is going to happen. Scripture tells us very clearly, and it comes in many unseen ways and times and disguised. The enemy comes at us regularly, and suddenly we find ourselves, if we're operating with a dry, brittle shield, we're engulfed in the flames. We find ourselves in the middle, the middle of a battle. Most of the time, his arrows will hit the target, which is our emotions. It's what comes at us and the things that scare us the most, the things that discourage us the most, the, the things that cause us the most frustration with our siblings or our family or our neighbors or our boss, all those different things. If we are not prepared, because remember, what does the enemy do? He looks for you where you are the most vulnerable. He tries to find you think, well, I've got most of my bases covered, and maybe I just got this one little thing, right? I just have this one little thing. Well, guess what? That wily old enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking at you. He's watching you. And when he sees that little vulnerable thing right there, that's where he's going to come. And if you have not put on the armor of God if you don't have that belt of truth securely fastened around you if you don't have the breastplate of righteousness protecting you if you're not if you're not wearing those sandals and ready with that gospel of peace that transcends all understanding in your heart then you are susceptible to what happens when the enemy comes at you so here's here's how it breaks down if you're walking through this life without a strong faith it's going to be a long tiring fitful difficult journey living in a lost and dying world and if you're expecting that they're going to help you out there all them self-help gurus and all that kind of stuff that's a bunch of bull now that's a theological term 
<clears throat> so who's responsible when faith fails? Who's responsible for the failure of faith? It's not the devil. If you're sitting around saying, the devil made me do it, it's the work of the devil. I, I can't fight him. This is just the way it is. Oh, woe is me. You're going to live a very sad life in this world until the day you die as a loser believer. I really believe that. I had a man leave this church one time because I used the, fra the phrase loser believer. Let me tell you something. If you're not standing on the word of God, if you're not receiving all the promises that God has given to you, if you're not even aware of those, I'm telling you, that's a losing life right there. You're, you're certainly, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you really truly have done that, we know that you are going to stand before Almighty God one day. Jesus is going to be there with you, and you are heaven-bound. I don't doubt that at all. But we're not to live hell on earth. We're, we're to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ because we follow the instructions of the Word of God every day when we rise up. We understand what it means to be a Christian soldier. We understand what it means to walk through this world and not be of it. Right? To know what it means to be an ambassador from heaven above. A citizen representing him. If your life... If your life is fraught with battles and controlled by bad, nasty habits and problems in the flesh, you need to know those fiery darts probably would never have affected you with anger and anxiety and unbelief and worry if your shield of faith was properly cared for and oiled by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you were saturated with the living Word of God. Now that's God's truth, y'all. That's God's truth right there. I can't say it any plainer than that. If you're living daily... In the presence of an awesome, holy, majestic, sovereign God, if, if you're giving the Word of God a priority, prominence, place in your life, your shield of faith is literally out in front of you, protecting you like a door against the fiery darts of the enemy. The Scripture tells us God has given us everything we need. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge. Through our knowledge. People, they, don't, they stop, right? They just get to the every, God has given me everything I need for life and godliness. And they stop right there. The scripture says, through our knowledge of the promises of God, through our understanding of what God has given to us, then we have everything we need for life and godliness. The shield of faith is to be out in front of you always. It's, it's, not, just, it's not just about being your frontline mechanism against all that satan would throw at you but it's also about our advancement in the kingdom of god our advancement as god's people the shield of faith is about that advancement first we're defended we're defended by that shield against all of those fiery darts when you suffer a tremendous calamity of any kind when your world has fallen apart you do not have to let the enemy gain a foothold i'm reading a book right now my wife just gave it to me it's by louis giglio and it's called don't let the enemy have a seat at your table and uh you know i love to read i hope y'all spend some time reading and i love to read different different authors of the faith and and try to grow in my understanding but even when the doctor gives you a prediction of the human condition that you're going to die you can say like my friend lee corso on game day not so fast my friend not so fast see i understand we're all going to die 
unless we hear the trumpet call of God before our time comes. So my faith is still unwavering, anointed by the God's Holy Spirit, saturated. Word. I understand the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike because Scripture tells me that. But I also believe that my God has plans for me, plans for me to prosper, right? That's what the Word of God tells me, not to harm me, but to prosper me. You were just fired from your job or you just lost your job and you feel worthless and no good to anyone anymore. Not so fast, my friend. The Holy Spirit of God has anointed you and given you gifts and the very Son of God died on the cross for you. You are of infinite worth in the eyes of God and He will give you strength and you can endure all things if you have your shield of faith out in front of you, if you've strapped on the armor of God to live your life every day. Perhaps, perhaps that arrow has lodged in your shield and burst into flames and it was the lie that your marriage your marriage is never going to survive and there's no hope for it not so fast my friend the shield of faith enables us to quench the fiery dart of the enemy and his lying accusations my lord has made the lame to leap and the blind to speak and the deaf to hear and the dead to rise in christ most assuredly he can heal my marriage and give us new life in it amen that's the word of god do you believe the word of god this morning that's really the question on the table do we believe what god tells us in his word but this shield is not just about defense like we said it is most assuredly about advancement and it's about fellowship together. Again, there's this clip on the sides, right? Designed to be clipped to the shields of the other believers. So like that line of soldiers that are advancing against the enemy, we move forward in unity and in strength. Nothing, I'll tell you, nothing is more intimidating to the devil, I promise you, than God's church. Nothing! The gates of hell are not to prevail against it, right? When we gather together as the people of God, I know y'all all sit around here this morning, everybody's sitting in their chairs and you're looking at your Bibles and you're listening and everything, but if you could see what Elisha saw, if you could see the angel armies all around us, if you could see that great cloud of witnesses watching us this morning, and they don't look at us the way we look at ourselves. They look at us as Christian soldiers. They look at us and see us standing in line, standing and holding our positions, advancing slowly in a world that sometimes we believe is more powerful and more able than what our God is and that is not true that is a lie of the enemy that is a lie that Satan has been selling to us since day one James 4 7 through 10 says submit yourselves then to God resist the devil and he will flee from you let me just repeat that verse <laughs> submit yourselves then to God now again we live in a world that does not like the word submit or submission right because we want to be the captains of our own ship. We want to be the rulers of our own destiny. We are human beings. We are able. We, we, we have all of these things that we can do. Submit yourselves to God, that scripture says. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded grieve mourn and wail change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom humble yourselves before the lord and he will lift you up god himself will restore us and make us strong and firm and steadfast is what the scripture says wicked it says we're to go back to that scripture it says we're to extinguish the fiery darts of the wicked one and wicked from the greek word paneros it's the root of all of these different words it's the root word in the greek of all of these different words wicked sorrow pain evil malignant ill and vicious 
those are the arrows that he shoots with just that one with just that one word that one thing he, he, he shoots those flammables at us with hurt and anger and discontent and, and unhappiness and dissatisfaction, all of them having the potential, all of them having the potential to cause all of these things in our lives. If our shield is not oiled and saturated in the Word of God, ignore your shield and it develops those cracks and it opens up. Listen to Psalms 92, beginning in verse 10. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil my eye also has seen my desire on my enemies my ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in lebanon those who are planted in the house of the lord shall flourish in the courts of our god they shall still bear fruit i love this in an old age they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the lord is upright he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him if you are anointed it means the hand of god is on you and you have been anointed you have been separated you have been set apart that's what it means to be holy and it's not a holiness that you gain on your own it is by that act of faith of believing in jesus christ and the work that he did on the cross of calvary that god then looks at you and imparts from his son every one of those attributes so that you stand before him like the gleaming bride of christ that he's called you out to be that's what it means to be set apart for almighty god the shield of faith is about protection the shield of faith is about advancement and the shield of faith is about fellowship in the community of the saints this isn't this isn't to be some heady stuff some brainy academic stuff exercise of the theologians sitting in the high towers that's not what this is this is the stuff that our lives are to be built on that's why i get a little wound up talking to you about it because uh, like eugene peterson said when he talked about it in the very first day that we talked about the armor of god this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from in a couple of hours this is a matter of life and death amen this is the enemy coming at us and trying to tear us down if you're here this morning and you've never accepted jesus christ this is the first act of faith it's the act of decision do you believe would you believe that jesus christ is real and that he came to earth and died on that cross for you do you believe in what the word of god says and do you take on faith that heaven is real and hell is real and grace is real and judgment and righteousness are real deals with god for to live without faith to live without faith in god's justice is to misunderstand the need for his mercy we must understand these two things go hand in hand he's a righteous god who has declared man to have failed his test of righteousness and live under a penalty of death we're told that in scripture right everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and the wages of sin is death but thanks be to god our salvation is in jesus christ alone he's a god of grace and he's a god of truth and he has declared that all who believe in his son will not perish but will have everlasting life so if you're here this morning i uh, unabashedly say to you right now is decision time right now is the moment that your act of faith in christ can set you free from that burden of sin and allow you into all the promises that god has given to you where you can be secure in him where your life will be significant in him you don't want to walk into battle this morning all of you believers with that small rounded decorative shield and yet too many of us as christian soldiers that's all we think we need that's all the time that we spend we've got just enough faith we've got just enough faith in us to have that little decorative shield and and and, and think we're going out to a parade when our enemy stands before us 
and with everything within him he wants to destroy the people of God this morning you want the door you not only do you want that shield that is two foot wide and four feet tall but you want the army of God all of the fellow believers who call this church their home to be standing side by side with you and to know that and I will come back and reiterate again if you're not in a life group you're missing out on one of the great blessings of being involved in this community of faith because it is there that we share our burdens. It is there that we give our encouragement to the others. It is there that we discuss the ongoing battles in our life. It is there that we stand side by side. And as Pastor Rick is going to talk about in just a few weeks where the lance of prayer is at our side and we pray about everything. This is what it means to be the people of God, y'all. This is what it means to put on that armor. So this morning, if you, if you haven't read all the way through it and got all of it, you should know by now that you are to stand strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Amen? That your enemy is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers and the principalities and the dark forces of this world. Amen? That you are to strap on that belt of truth which says the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrating to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judging the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation can be hidden from the eyes of Him to whom we must all give account. That all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the man of God is thoroughly equipped for every good work this is what it means to put on that belt of truth around us that everything hinges on amen this is what it means to get ready he says be strong in the lord and he says to stand to stand again to stand firm when you've done everything else you stand and you don't stand on your own power you stand because almighty god is right there with you when you have oiled your shield when you have saturated your life in the word you stand ready and boldly before this lost world that we're living in. You no longer worry and quake at every bit of bad news that comes on the television at night when you sit down and turn on the nightly news. You look at it and you say, you know what? I understand that. The Word of God tells me this is a dying and decaying world. And the only reason that He hasn't come back yet is He wants everyone that He possibly can to have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's where Christian soldiers come into play in the kingdom of God. Amen? That's the responsibility that all of us have not to live isolated lives not to live by ourselves not simply to rise up here you know the mistake we might make is to think i'm you know i'm doing well i get up in the morning and i have my quiet time it's me and my cup of coffee and my bible and my journal and i spend that time with god and i, and I got a i got a study bible and i got a, i got a current study that i'm doing and, and that's fine that's also it's wonderful it's great it has to happen that's the anointing that you need but to live outside of the community of God, to live without the relationships that God built us for, is a mistake. Listen, I don't want to be the Lone Ranger. I, I don't want to go into battle by myself. I'm not that strong. I'm not that tough. I ain't that bad. But if I've got a whole bunch of y'all standing beside me, with all of your shields oiled and anointed, submerged and saturated, we stand together in front of that enemy and nothing he can do, the Word of God says, it's, he's not going to get through. He is not going to get through. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And when the God of all grace, 
who calls you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus calls you. Then you go home. But until that time comes, we have stuff to do. So when, you, when you're here this morning and this praise team comes up here and they're lifting up their voices, I'm, always, I'm standing back there always listening to y'all. I, I tried to sing a line this morning. It didn't work too. Like, hey! I was back there in the back. I had to save it so I could talk a little bit. But you know what? When you raise up your voices in unison before Almighty God, He loves it and listen to it, but the devil flees from you. Amen? I, I want you to grasp all this. This series is so important and I don't want you to discount it and lay it off as just tawdry imagery and stuff that doesn't matter. This is the real deal. And again, if you're here this morning and you've never, you've never just thought that through and that you would want to talk to someone about what it means to make that decision. And it's a decision for life. It's a decision gracefully offered to us. We're saved by grace through faith and yet there's so much more. It's the life we live afterward that God finds the great joy in. We know the angels celebrate. And it's the only time we're told in Scripture is they celebrate when one person accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord in Scripture. But we also know that every day we're living this life, and, and I know that all of us would love for it to just be a 45-degree straight line to heaven above. Boom! Just like that. We also know that it's filled with ups and downs and all kinds of issues and things, but the upward trajectory comes when we get up in the morning and we are anointing our shield and we're saturating it in the Word and God knows that we are the willing vessels through whom He can do business. Amen? I pray that you're hearing this. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for your Word. Thank you, God, for the grace that you've shown to all of us that we have the privilege of being here together as your people. Lord, we pray this morning that uh, you, would, you would just take these meager words, Lord, and your spirit is doing its work in this place. Father God, we pray for each and every one here this morning that they know you. Lord, that you're, you're, they understand the blessing of the faith. They understand the hope that secures them. They understand the peace that you've given us. And Lord, that we understand the tremendous gift of the community of the saints that we can fellowship and celebrate together. Be with us now as we leave this place, Lord. Be with us and walk with us, I pray. Watch over your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.